Uh, the first presenter is Gopa Sabarwal, and her paper is titled So Near Yet So Far Marathi Speakers in Belgaum, Karnataka. Gopa? Uh, hi, everybody can hear me? Yes. So, good evening uh, and good morning, depending on which part of the world you're in. Uh, pleasure to be here. And I'm a little bit stunned that I've you know, been doing this work for 30 years and this is my first exposure to this group. So uh, I hope to be able to stay in touch as this round of work progresses. Uh, so without much ado, I go straight into my paper. Speakers of Marathi have a long tradition of mobility, both within and outside the country, as many papers in this conference will testify. Today, I will draw upon my fieldwork in what was then Belgaum in what is present-day Karnataka to describe some dimensions of the social and political lives of one such group of Marathi speakers who are located outside the territorial boundaries of Maharashtra as it came to be constituted post the linguistic reorganization of India in 1956, the result of widespread public agitation in many parts of the country. My initial fieldwork in Belgaum was designed to redress an imbalance in the study of social life in India, namely Indian sociology's lack of an all-encompassing analytical framework that would enable scholars to take into account the multiplicity of social divisions that coexist in an Indian city. I chose to make the case that the collective identities based on language, religion, sect, and caste, and tribe are best described using the framework of ethnic groups and ethnicity. Doing so enables an even-handed discussion of all components of Indian social life and liberates sociology of India from an over-dependence on caste as the primary category of analysis, thus relegating all other groups, howsoever constituted, into the background. Different as these various attributes may be as markers of ethnic identity or as the basis of social cohesion, the groups they gave rise to tend to be of the same order. The inclusion of all forms of collective identity uh, on the same plane gives a more comprehensive coverage of the complexities of Indian life. My focus in my initial work was to map out these various ethnic groups and their self-definition, and also their interactions across various fields. To this mix, I was later compelled to add the category of class defined by education, income, and occupation in order to explain the dynamics of everyday life, more especially the manner in which the complex pattern of ethnic divisions intermesh with political and economic changes. For the present discussion, I will avoid going into the complex criteria adopted by the state's reorganization commission when determining state boundaries, which resulted in Belgium and surrounding areas finding themselves on the other side of a linguistic border, thus rendering them a linguistic minority in a state constituted for Kannada language. For those unfamiliar with the drawing of boundaries, I would clarify that the reverse was also the case with Kannada-speaking population in southern Maharashtra who found themselves on the Maharashtra side of the border. The first point that needs to be established is that my uh, the group that I'm talking about, which is the Marathi speakers in Belgaum, are not a migrant population. Rather, this sizable population is the result of a natural historical spread of a language with substantial speakers. 
which was a common enough feature of times past when linguistic and political or administrative boundaries uh, did not overlap in a neat manner. The consolidation of linguistic and administrative boundaries is a fact of modern history of independent India and has had, as we shall see, many ramifications. The organization of Indian states on linguistic basis tends to overlook a basic truth about Indian society, which is that it has been multilingual at both the societal and individual level for a very long time. The division of states on linguistic lines, while allowing for regional languages to be grouped together, also created a model of dominant monolingualism, which goes against the very reality of multilingual cultures. This idea is probably the result of Western nationalism, which resulted in such monolingual monocultures. However, it is worth noting that Marathi speakers in Belgium, who are the focus of this discussion, have continued to reside in the Kannada-speaking state following the reorganization as they had for many generations past. The change in administrative status from being part of Bombay presidency to Mysore and then Karnataka state has not resulted in any out-migration or rush towards these settlements. Their continued link with the geographical region has remained steady irrespective of administrative reordering. Uh, there has been a slight change in the relative size of the Marathi versus Canada population uh, till well into the 90s. Um, or even early 2000s, there were more Marathi speakers in Belgaum city than Canada speakers. But I note from the 2011 census that Canada uh, speakers seem to have overtaken uh, the Marathi speakers. Uh, anyway, the continual residence should not, however, be read as a sign of acceptance and as an, an embracing of the culture of their contiguous communities. Belgaum city, and the Marathi-speaking areas have witnessed much political and social unrest over the years. In what follows, somewhat inspired by the call for papers for this conference, with its focus on the Marathi-speaking diaspora, I'm attempting a slightly different reading of the situation in Belgaum from what was the focus of my initial work. I will today analyze with the benefit of hindsight, both the positives and the negatives, of the antagonistic and confrontational approach that the local Marathi-speaking population in Belgaum, the district headquarter town, the biggest city in North Karnataka, adopted and was encouraged to adopt by others vis-a-vis -vis the Canada-speaking state, its policies, and also their fellow inhabitants. What has been the result of this sustained protest? Who has benefit benefited from it? And is it time to adopt a different strategy? These are some of the issues that I would like to ponder today. On the political front, leading the opposition to the allocation of Belgaum to Bel or Belgavi, as it is now called, to Karnataka, is a movement seeking to merge all border areas where Marathi speakers outnumber Kannadigas with Maharashtra. This demand has been spearheaded by the Maharashtra Ekikaran Samiti or MES, a local political organization connected also to the leading Marathi newspaper in the area, Tarun Bharat. Uh, they have been joined by politicians on the Maharashtra side, but largely those who are out of power and looking to get themselves in the news. Over the years, the actors have changed, but the form of protest, closures of markets and the city, disruption of bus services, the periodic submitting of memoranda to each new prime minister, 
on Chief Minister of Maharashtra. And the content of the representation and the barbs exchanged across borders by politicians has remained largely unchanged. The newest coinage by the current Chief Minister of Maharashtra in January 2021 to describe disputed areas in Karnataka was to label them all as Karnataka occupied Maharashtra or KOM, uh, much like Park occupied Kashmir. At a more formal level, the main political demand to revise the decision of the reorganization committee uh, was actually put to test and examined by another commission appointed in 1966. This was the Mahajan Commission. While the award allowed the claims of Nipani, Khanapur, and Nandar for transfer, it rejected the demand for the transfer of Belgaum. The award was not allowed to be implemented. The matter has also been taken to the Supreme Court in 2006 by the Maharashtra government and is still pending. There is now a demand by some parties for all disputed areas within Karnataka to be declared a union territory in the resolution of this dispute. Uh, of late, national level political parties have now entered the local city level politics in Belgaum. And for the first time in September 2021, the city corporation elections were held on party lines. Uh, and uh, in a sign of some change coming in, uh, the, I'm sorry. Uh, the, uh, the election was swept by uh, the national parties with the MES almost getting wiped out. Uh, this has, of course, been interpreted by politicians as the acceptance of the developmental agenda by people as opposed to language issues. Politics aside, the real area of contention and unrest has been education and its subsequent impact on occupation and social life. Marathi and Kannada belong to two distinct language groups, Dravidian and Indo-Aryan. And while Marathi speakers have been constantly exposed to Kannada, and many are bilingual or have at least a working knowledge of Kannada, it is the imposition of the state language, especially in schools and on all inhabitants who encounter governors, that has caused the greatest resentment. The requirement of Kannada as a compulsory language in schools has not been smooth sailing. The state government passed a language policy in 1994, mandating Canada for all students in primary education. This was struck down by the Supreme Court in 2014, which ruled that the government order was unconstitutional because it violated the right to receive information in the manner of one's choice. The Karnataka government retaliated by passing the Canada Language Learning Bill and got it cleared by a voice vote, making it mandatory for all students studying in classes one to 10 in all schools in the state to be taught Kannada language as one of the compulsory languages. Uh, and this would happen in a phased manner starting with the academic year 2015-16. Irrespective of mother tongue, Kannada was to take the place of first or second language. Added to language woes is the implementation of Kannada language in all public spaces. Electricity and utility bills and license forms and bus boards are all in, in Canada. We have to recognize that this use of state language as a dominant monoculture and as a means of disabling civic participation is not unique to Karnataka, which often cites the imposition of Marathi in the neighboring state as justification for its policies. The commonest complaint of local people is harassment in government offices 
and the unhelpful attitude of those who man the public interface, and especially the local police who insist on speaking only Canada. Despite this seeming animosity, relations at the ground level between speakers of both languages are quite smooth. People have friendships across language groups, and especially so in work, and for those who work in any kind of business or in the market. The fact is that if one lives in an atmosphere with a heightened sense of linguistic identity and deprivation or victimhood, even a stray incident of miscommunication, which could be overlooked in another context, can be constructed as deliberate discrimination. These complaints with public functionaries could easily have been echoed by people across the country who have to deal with the petty bureaucracy, irrespective of the language of interaction. An administrative policy aimed at delivery of service could ease the tensions and calm things down, but then the defenders of Canada or other state languages regard any relaxation in linguistic demands as anti-state. Some irritants or means of control uh, exercised by the state have actually been rendered uh, beyond their control due to the growth of technology. One big issue was uh, is television. The introduction of cable television and the subsequent proliferation of private news and entertainment channels in all languages have deprived the state of either controlling or imposing programming in the state language on all inhabitants irrespective of their mother tongue. Today, each person can watch entertainment or be educated in their own or other languages, and there's no cause for complaint about loss of culture. But my focus is more on the idea that I want to put forth now is long-term protests that threaten to redraw the boundaries of the state are bound to invoke a retaliation. Karnataka government did just that in 2014, when the names of 12 cities were changed in consonance with their pronunciation in Canada. Belgaum then suddenly became Belgaum. Uh, the proposal had been mooted to mark the 50th year of the anniversary of state formation. The other major decision taken to mark the golden jubilee of the formation of the state was the construction of an alternate state legislature building in Belgaum named the Suvarna Vidhan Sauda. It was conceived and built to decongest the Vidhan Sauda in Bangalore and was inaugurated in 2012 by the president. Three legislature sessions have been held there so far, but for the best part of the year, the building lies closed. There is talk now that Belgavi may be officially declared the second capital of Karnataka, which would ensure that it would never be transferred to Maharashtra. Thus, as things stand, Marathi speakers in Belgaum or Belgavi, living as close to home as possible, while they have no restrictions on travel, on crossing over to the state at will, on intermarriage or other social and cultural exchanges, continue to feel far away and wrong uh, by the drawing of this one internal interstate border. The fact that the issue has been continually politicized has not helped the situation. The, for the longest time, the political excuse I, that was given- Gopa, five minutes left. Yeah, I just have a page to go. Okay. Uh, the, the, the excuse that was given for not finding a political solution was that we need a situation where the same party is in power in Maharashtra, Karnataka, and at the center. But as we know in India, state units of the same political party are sometimes often at variance with each other. And so even when this condition finally was met, 
no politically uh, satisfaction, you know, no, no solution was worked out. The result has been a situation that is unsettled for 60 years. It has helped people from accepting the reality of linguistic states with all of their problems. Children are brainwashed into hating Canada even before they've encountered it in the classroom. The Canada speakers in turn doubt the loyalty of those who seek to split their state and the cycle of mutual distrust continues. At one level, fatigue has set in. And yet we know that despite this boundary, some great literature in Marathi has been written in by writers living on the Karnataka side of the border, whether it be Indira Bhai Sant or Antipesai. Uh, it is now very clear that one large state will not cede territory to another, uh, uh, you know, in the manner in which Maharashtra is wanting to uh, uh, seek Belgaum. Also, this issue is not and never has been a, a, an all Maharashtra issue. It at best evokes area uh, interest only in regions uh, in southern Maharashtra like Kolapur. And so it's not likely to result in a mass movement. Lives, careers, and occupations nonetheless go on despite irritants. If only the message from the beginning could have been one of coexistence in a multilinguistic, multireligious nation, and the acceptance that multilingualism is not a barrier to communication, the story may have been different. Each Indian state has been enriched by the presence of outsiders, howsoever defined. The real problem the Belgaum notwithstanding, Marathi speakers who are the diaspora in and out of India could help articulate a new message of accommodation while continuing to fight for rights as citizens. Maybe what India needs now are new models of governance which account for multiple identities, especially multilingualism. Uh, the designated body, constitutional body to make this happen, because the Commissioner for Linguistic Minorities has been largely ineffectual in making life easier for linguistic minorities in the state. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to end with saying uh, it is time for a rethink. Uh, it is time for whether to rethink whether such a long protest movement uh, is achieving anything, or uh, it is also time to maybe pose the question, as Janaki Nair has done with regard to Karnataka state, that have we reached the level of irrelevance of linguistic nationalism? I will end with that. Thank you.